Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky, self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. True story. Up until I started this coaching business, I was not a social media person. I deleted my Facebook back in, I think, 2012. And over the years, I was pretty hit or miss with posting on my Instagram account. I remember being a teenager a long time ago and telling myself that I would always keep up on the latest trends and that I wouldn't be as out of touch as my parents were. Sorry, guys, I love you. (laughs) But here I am struggling to figure out what kids are doing on the internet. I still don't have a TikTok, mostly because I've heard so many horror stories about how addictive it can be, but I have been working hard at keeping an online social media presence because I want to grow my coaching practice and help more managers create better work-life balance. But I got to tell you, this whole social media thing is still a trip for me. The second that I feel like I'm getting the hang of it, I'm told that the algorithm prefers videos over posts. And to be very honest with you, I really don't enjoy recording videos of myself but it's a necessary evil in order to connect with others who may be in need of this work in their lives. I remember back in 2019, I was having a girls weekend with two of my close friends. And this was shortly after my husband had agreed to my proposed plan of getting certified as a life coach and then taking a year off of my corporate job to strike out on my own. I was so, so, so excited and nervous and scared, and I didn't want people to know that I had this plan, mostly because I feared that if my employer found out that I'd get let go before I had a chance to save the money that I needed. But I decided that it was safe to tell my two friends about my plan. Now, initially, they were excited with me and super encouraging. But then one of my friends, bless her heart, and I'm so thankful that she did this, she got very serious and she said, Anna, you do realize that you're going to have to be on social media, right? And I probably looked like a deer in headlights because I just remember thinking in that moment, ah, shit, (laughs) I've had to do a lot of my own thought work and self-coaching to get myself to a place where I could start posting things online. Listen, I used to spend up to an hour creating a single Instagram post. I would stress and I would fret over every single digital interaction. And when I really think about it, those posts that I made, they lasted what? Maybe a half second as people would scroll on by. But to quote my favorite, Ted Lasso, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while you're doing it, probably doing it wrong. So believe it or not, social media has been the perfect vehicle for me to challenge my thoughts about sharing my opinion and my experiences in this industry. 
I was really hung up on wanting to get it right and present myself in a reputable way. And truth be told, I'm still working out what that looks like for me. When I look back at 2020 and how fearful I was to post online, I chuckle a little bit because the one thing I hear more often than not when I meet a prospective client is, I didn't know that others felt this way. So now what's happening, I'm up on stages at professional real estate conferences, literally telling people all of the mistakes I made in my career. Ironically, the content that resonates the most is the content that is sometimes the most difficult to share, mainly when I talk about how much I was overeating and overscrolling. And I love it. Like, sure, it's embarrassing from time to time, but getting a hold over emotional eating and gaining some agency over digital distractions saved me a ton of energy that I was able to reinvest back into doing things outside of my career. I'm learning to love social media. When I'm honest about what I experience as a property manager, I get to connect with people who feel the same. And it gives me an opportunity to share what I've learned and just how possible it is to get a hold over being a workaholic. So lately, I've been doing my rounds of trying out all of these reels, which if you've never done one before, typically involves saying the same thing over and over and over again, repeatedly until you get a good take where your delivery matches some sort of pre-recorded audio. I'm really not a huge fan of this. So sometimes I just record random streams of consciousness and then my content manager will chop them up and turn them into reels. Now, this podcast episode isn't actually about social media itself. It's about this reel that I posted that went viral. Well, truth be told, I'm not really sure what constitutes a viral post, but this reel got over 26,000 views, which is super exciting. I love that people resonated with the message. But here's the thing. It was only a small section of a larger video. So the message came off as super empowering, but the reality was I was ranting. Sometimes when I write newsletters to my email list or when I'm considering what to put on social media, I'll go back to my old journals to rediscover what I was struggling with. And if many of my clients are listening, I want to encourage you to do the same from time to time, just so you can see how very far you have come. One day I came across an entry from 2017 with some notes that I'd taken as I was preparing for an interview. At the time, I was attempting to make a move from residential management to commercial. And in my typical overprepared, overanalytical fashion, I was interviewing people who currently worked at the company that I was about to interview at. As I reread the words on the page, I noticed that I was getting angry. I hadn't seen that journal entry in years, but upon reading it, I knew that if I was in this woman's shoes with someone coming to me for insight, I would have handled it very differently. So I'm going to play it for you now. It's short, only three minutes. And then I'm going to tell you why I want every woman to hear this. I really think that we need to have a conversation about how women support other women. 
So I was going through an old journal and I found an entry that I wrote from when I was trying to make the switch from residential to commercial. And I had secured an interview um, with a commercial management company. So I called somebody who I knew who worked at that company and I wanted to inquire with her how to best prepare for the interview. And I remember getting off that phone call feeling so discouraged. Here are some of the notes that I took during that phone call. Three times in three years, residential managers have been turned down by owners. Commercial owners don't prefer residential managers. You should start in the PA position. You should look at smaller companies or consider being a facilities manager, or maybe work in industrial management because it's less intense and you can work in teams. This is such bullshit that I don't even know where to start. At that point, I was a general manager at a residential site and I had the skills needed to take on this job. But the tone in which this person talked to me basically insinuated that you can't do this. You could potentially get rejected. And I think about that and it wasn't helpful at all. I think that the conversation, if I could replay it, it should have emulated, hey, if this is what you want, here are some of the challenges that you're going to face. It would have sounded more like, be prepared for potential rejection because you're in residential, but don't stop. Be prepared for a learning curve and commit to how to figure it out. Be prepared to take a title demotion and a pay cut but choose not to make it mean something about your worth. Listen, woman to woman, we have to stop preparing women to not step into what they aspire to be. We have to stop encouraging each other to avoid putting ourselves in places where we could fail. We have to stop encouraging women to not ask for too much. We have to prepare women to consciously choose what they want. We have to prepare women to know how to handle failure in a constructive manner. And we have to prepare women to ask for their full worth. It's funny to me because I apparently revisited this journal entry years later because I wrote on the side, September 21st, 2018. Remember this conversation and how it made you feel like you couldn't do it or that you wouldn't get the job. Now prove her wrong. For the record, I got the job. I got paid what I was worth. And then I quit and became a life coach so that I could show others how to do the same. Okay, so I was a little ranty. But even as I re-listened to that video in order to prepare for this podcast episode, I got a little heated. Now I will say, I think part of the reason why this individual may have advised me in the way that she did was because she was simply programmed to do so. Keep in mind, especially as women, we've been socially conditioned to play small. So I want to say that yes, I'm angry about this interaction, but I'm not angry at her. I'm angry that this is the norm in which we speak to one another. My friends, if someone tells you that they have a goal or a dream, 
It's not uncommon to be concerned about the potential challenges that they might face. And if it's appropriate, it may be necessary for you to say something about it. Just like my friend graciously and lovingly did for me when I told her about starting my business. But whether or not you think that that person can accomplish their goal has no bearings on whether or not they should. They are a human. They get to make their own decisions. And in my opinion, there's absolutely nothing wrong with failure. It makes us stronger. It tests our limits. It gives us a reality, a reality check as to what we're currently capable of. But notice, I said failure tells us what we're currently capable of. It has nothing to do with what someone's future potential is. When someone tells you that they have a goal, either rally up and support them or get the hell out of their way. (laughs) Because if you can't support them in the initial pursuit of their dreams, then you have no business supporting them when the going gets rough. Because it will get rough. But the moments when it's difficult is when we grow. That's when our current capacity expands. That's when we test and push our limits. That's when we get stronger. Personally, I think we should encourage more people to pursue goals that they aren't entirely sure they can accomplish. Now, people may disagree with that. They may think it's not advisable to encourage someone to do something that could end up in disappointment. But consider that for a moment. Disappointment is nothing but a feeling. It's normal. It's part of everyone's human experience. Imagine for a moment that the feeling of disappointment wasn't a problem. Because newsflash, it actually isn't. It's a momentary sensation that eventually fades over time. Far too often, women are missing out on discovering just how much they're capable of, all because they're fearing a feeling. And a feeling never lasts. It subsides. My friends, when you stop fearing potential negative emotions, your world will open up in ways that you cannot even imagine. When I started posting on social media and I finally got over my fear of judgment from other people, I was able to connect with others who shared my struggle of work-life balance. Now that I've stopped fearing potential negative emotions, I have the opportunity to travel the country and speak at management conferences. And because I learned how to care for myself when things get challenging, I now have the opportunity to sit and talk to you wherever you may be, all because I was brave enough to take on this podcast. And I'll be honest with you, from time to time, I'm still nervous to post on social media. This real thing is really hit or miss. But I'm willing to feel nervous because I'm 100% committed to serving others in this industry and Watching my clients break through their own limiting beliefs is by far the most gratifying experience that you can imagine. When we're looking at successful people, it can be easy to assume that they are immune from disappointment or frustration. It's easy to believe that they have something special that we don't. But in reality, most successful people have likely felt frustration and disappointment exponentially more than that of their counterparts. It's not the lack of negative emotion in their lives that got them to where they are. It's their willingness to experience negative emotions that move them forward. 
As women, we need to stop protecting each other from negative emotions. Instead, we need to start supporting one another through them. This week's journal question is literally that, just one single question. And it's important that you answer it fully. If you're up to it, I want you to email me your response. And if you're not already signed up for the weekly journal prompts, now is the time. Go get them at annahalujana.com slash journal. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in variance, E-L-L-A-N-A.com slash journal. I love the shit out of you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.